that he spoke to me of was the Holy Spirit. The lady next to him in the blue, royal as she is, my chocolate drop. She introduced me to Jesus. And without her, our whole family would not know him. So under these two admonitions, I grew. And after 46 years of them being married and 46 years of my life, they still are chastening me. So I thank you dearly, both of you. I can hardly look at you because you've been so good to me. Disobedient and obedient, they stood with me. They loved on me. They loved through me. They brought me to places and brought me through places. Paid for everything that I asked them to pay for. Football, basketball, trips to go here and there. They were at the head of it all. And so we want to take a look today at the book of Hebrews, in chapter 12. And see an even greater chastener in Christ our Lord. It'll be in the book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 7 through 8. When I hear the pages stop turning, I'll begin. Book of Hebrews, chapter 12, verses 7 and 8. Amen. And the text says, if you endure chastening... God deals with you as with his sons. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. You may have your seats. Look at three points today. Three points are enduring chastening, the unchastened, and without chastening. Look at the word chasten. It means to inflict suffering upon for moral improvement. To inflict suffering. Intentional upon for moral improvement. It's a verb. It's an action word. Something is happening. Nothing's being talked about. All is doing. So when we look at the enduring chastening, there's a process to it. First thing that happens whenever you're chastened is your name is called. Your whole government just called out. And they make sure they know it's you. Whether it's your mother and father or whether it's the PG&E bill collector. They know your name. The first thing that happens is you say to yourself, why me? Why am I going through this struggle? Why is this happening to me? What have I done to 
have to be in this position. But the fact of the matter is, is that as we go through life, these moments of why me's are accompanied by the fact that you're known. You're known by your parents. They're calling you by name because you're theirs. You belong. You're connected. You're not apart. You're not a throwaway. You're a part of their process. So as a result of it, you're known by them, and because you're known by them, you're called by their name, by your name. The second thing that happens is your offense is called out. Your problem is on display. Everybody know about, well, grown folks know about when the, when the lights come on, we know where we're supposed to be at, right? When you're outside playing. Yeah, young kids don't know nothing about that, really. Grown folks know about that. Know when them lights come on, you best be in that house. <laughs> Grown folks know that when mama car pull up in the driveway, dishes better be washed. That's, that's what grown, 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 grown folks, grown, grown folks know, know that, know that when, when, when things are supposed to be in order by the time mom or dad get home, they best be in order. Or else there's going to be a problem and it's going to be on display. Yeah, it's going to be on display. Too many times see the car coming around Donna. And know it's the white regal getting ready to pull up. Shoot straight to the door. Eric, I got to go. Hit to the door. Because I know our name is going to be called. And my problem's going to be on display. The third thing that happens is your punishment when you're on display is given out. Usually at this time, it's a soft conversation in the bedroom. Anybody know about this, that, you know, you've been to have a brother or sister, and you know they're about to get in trouble, and mama tell them or daddy tell them, hey, just go into the bedroom, I'll be in there in a minute. You hear a small bit of whispering, kind of just indistinct, you can't tell what's being said, there's some explanations going on, and then all of a sudden you hear a whole lot of hollering. drinking a cup of water, you like to spill it for all the hollering that's going on. It shakes your soul. It does something to you. Well, grown folks still be hollering about their bills, about our issues, about the stuff we get caught up into, about our misfortunes and our misgivings, about getting caught up into our frailties and our bad decisions. We still be hollering. God, why? Why am I on display? I, it wasn't that bad. I didn't even do like they did. It wasn't even that much for you to get me like this. Why I got to be going through all of that I'm going through? Hollering. And God is whooping us because of our disobedience. Because we didn't listen to him. Because we thought we knew better. Because we thought we could do better. And as a result of our own choices, we lead us ourselves right into destruction. So we, we get caught hollering, and then the next thing that happens after that, the fourth step is when it's all over, 
You come out the bedroom, and your brothers and snick, si, uh, sisters are snickering. They laughing at you like the world laughs at you when you go through your stuff, when your stuff is on display. And they say, boy, how dumb could she be? How dumb is he? I mean, ain't he supposed to be a Christian? Don't he know better than that? I mean, what made him think he could get away with that? And you're embarrassed. And that fourth step is probably the worst part. The embarrassment. We're so worried about what each other think that we ain't worried about what happened in the bedroom. We have forgot the lesson because we're too worried about what everybody else thinks. So we come out the bedroom with our eyes all dried up. and So, I don't care. So, so. Y'all, anybody remember that? As a kid, you, you know, you, so they, they laughing and snickering. So, so what? Didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. Didn't hurt. I, I just did that just because I, I wanted it to stop. It, it don't stop when we get older, y'all. We still suffer from the same mentality. We have a didn't hurt mentality in the face of God amongst our peers so we can look like we okay. But the fact of the matter is that hurt. Says if you endure that, though, God deals with you as with his son, semicolon. First, the fact that he made a deal with you. He's working with you. He's spending time with you. He's putting his efforts into you. He's pouring his soul into you. He's loving on you. He's taking the time out to explain to you why we're going through what we're going through. That's the, that's the part that we should be thankful for. Text talks about this. Don't be upset about going through displeasurable times. Be thankful that he's dealing with you. Because there's a gang of people that are unchastened. And it says it here. For what son is there whom a father does not chasten? But if you are without chastening. Meaning if you are one of the peoples with which those, none of those four steps occur. You in the world, you got all the money, you got all the honeys, you got all the dudes. Everybody likes you, everybody thinks you the business. You got a house but no home. He be thinking, we be thinking, we be thinking, oh man, they got, man, it, it, life must be so easy for them. They got all that stuff. Up. I mean, I mean, I mean, how, I mean look, I'm over here struggling. God, God, it seems like God won't give me nothing. God has not given us some of us some stuff because he don't want to lose us. So he withholds it from us. Stuff we think we should have, a plan that we think should get off the ground. He says, no, nah, I ain't going to let that get off the ground because you ain't going to know how to act. Simple and plain. I understand living in a two-bedroom apartment right now. I'm not supposed to be here. Lord, I should be having better than this. I've lived in a four-bedroom, three-bathroom home before. Why am I in this place? 
Because I'm keeping you, son. Because I'm chastening you, son. Because I'm working with you, son. Because I'm spending all the time that I have inside of this castle with you to spend with you, son. Because I know that if I get you and get your attention, then we can really do something big. So he leaves us, leaves us, doesn't leave us unchastened. He makes us go through the stuff. He is a parent who cares. He really, really, really loves us. Like it goes beyond the fact that we talk about, oh, you know, he died on the cross. And we make that almost like, ah, uh, you know, well, you know, Jesus did it. And, you know, it's kind of paid for. And so we just at the table throwing food up and, you know, just playing in the food and, you know, spilling milkshakes and doing whatever we want in the restaurant when God had paid for it all. And, it's, and, and we feel like it's okay to behave like this. God is saying, are you serious? This is not how my children act. Y'all going to be the first ones to get disciplined. Right off top. I'm going to let you know that I'm in your life by allowing things to happen to you that you thought shouldn't happen to you because you weren't going to listen to me from the start. So you're just running around doing what you want to do in the restaurant of life. I'm a chastening God. I care how my kids look. You can't be in here showing out. You can't be acting up. What a terrible thing it is for us to go to the children's church and hear Sister Carrie say, well, you know, your son was acting up today. Oh, oh you were showing out, huh? That's what, you was, that's what you decided to do today, huh? All right, well, we got some decisions to be made when we get home. But what good father, what good mother wouldn't do that? Only one that's unchastened. Only one that cares about themselves. Only one that's too busy on their phone. Only one that's trying to find her own man. Only one that's trying to find his own woman. Only one that's concerned about his money. Only one that's concerned about his career. Only one that's truly selfish. Y'all see the motley kids running around y'all neighborhoods? Just motley. Just unchastened. They're connected, but they're unconnected. They got a home to go to, but it ain't really a home. It's just a house. It's the place they go lay their head and eat food at. It ain't really no instruction going on up in there. It's just kids being kids, doing what kids want to do, cussing our parents and talking crazy. Going to bed when they want to go to bed, doing homework when they want to do homework, doing whatever they want to do, staying up past lights and all that. And we look at me and say, where's your mama at? Where's your, where's your daddy at? What are you doing out here? You get to see a lot of that in the apartment complex. Kids out at the pool at 9 o'clock. It's barely turning summer. What you doing out here, man? Y'all ain't got no house or home to go to. Y'all just, y'all just do what y'all want to do. Okay. Well, let me worry about my son. Worry about my son. Stay out of your business. Jesus ain't getting in their business. I might not, must not be my job to get in their business. I'll do my best to love them when I get a chance to love them. But I got to stay out of their, their business. If Jesus ain't striking them over the head, why should I strike them over the head? I, I'm, I'm commissioned to love them. 
so I love them when I can. Then the thing with that unchastened child is that it says, but if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers. We all used to be like this. We all used to be the bad, motley kids before God saved us and cleaned us up, made us look like we belonged to somebody, made us look like we were really a child and not just a kid, made us look like we belonged and like we were connected to something. And finally changed the outlook of who we were. Finally changed the way we thought and the way we processed life. Finally changed what we thought was important to what was unimportant. And finally got our attention to do the things like show up on Wednesday. Be at a Bible study. Be at Young Life. Be at New Life groups. You know, make sure you get there every Sunday. And then when you don't get there, you feel like, man, I'm missing something. You've been turned into a child. You're no longer unchastened. You're now chastened. Something in your spirit won't let you rest and relax on a Sunday afternoon, on a Sunday morning. Because you know if you don't get this food, you can't function for the rest of the day, let alone the rest of the week. You belong. You're connected. So I want to encourage us, those of us that are going through things. Your thing ain't the worst thing. And if you think your thing is the worst thing, there's somebody that's got a worse thing. But everybody that's going through things, God is taking you to those things to take you through those things. And he's walking with you through each of those steps. And he wants to know, do you trust him? We all going to die. We all going to go. We ain't got to worry about how we going to do it. All we got to know is that we trust him through the process. That's what he's concerned with. That overjoys God's heart. That makes him notice us when we trust him. And so he says, don't be all complaining about it. So what you ain't meant to build, you couldn't pay for it. So what you ain't got PG&E for a week and a half, two weeks, put on a candle. What did people do before they had that stuff? I mean, you're not going to die. You're not going to die. You're going to be a little embarrassed. But you're not going to die. You you ain't going to get hung on no cross. It's just a bill. And he'll revive everything that he needs to revive around you when he decides to. As he decides to give you what he needs to give you when it's time to give it to you. But some of us are so afraid of looking good in front of each other that we get caught up into our horizontal relationships and forget what's going on vertically. And so we look at the unchastened kids and say, man, man, I don't know how they get away with everything. I I, I don't know know what it is. It just seems like I just can't win for losing. And we get a stink attitude about what God is doing in our life. Not realizing that that person doesn't have a father. That's why they get away with that uh, uh, weasel stuff, that, that squeak and get away with the stuff. They, they, just, they just squeak by on everything. You'd be like, ooh, they almost got God. But not quite. I mean, that, that manager that you got at your job, that you just can't stand, 
that person that just seems like they just do the wrong thing and they always get away with it. And it just is, you're just waiting for them to get caught. Like, God, get them. <laughs> God's like, no, no, no. Let them slide. Let them slide. Let them slide. See, because what's happening with that person is God has already made his choice about that person. You can't undo God's choice. Just as much as he chose us, those are there, there are those of us amongst us that are unchosen. They'll never see heaven. They'll never see streets of gold. They'll never see a right mindset for eternity. Their life will be scrambled because right now they're unchastened and looking like they're getting away with everything, able to do whatever they want to do. But just, guess what? They, they're going into a real wide gate. A really wide gate is opening up for them. And they are going to be forgotten about. All of their dreams, all the nice money that they had, all the houses that they had, all that stuff is going to be nothing when they get to hell. But while you're going through what you're going through, you think it's the worst, but it's just a little bit of time. Endure it as a, as a good soldier. Endure it as one that knows they have a hope. Endure it as one that knows they have someone looking over them. Endure it as one that counts as all joy to their life. Don't be worried about what you look like in front of people. You better stop that. You'll do yourself a favor today if you do. The minute you stop worrying about what other folk think of you, you're going to be free. You start worrying about what Jesus thinks about you. He's the only one that's got the hair in the judge that can be the, got the hair in his hand to say this is what it is. Everybody else just talking. Everybody else just talking. We want to figure out that, we, that they got something to go in our life. And, and we want to think that they have some kind of authority. They ain't got no authority over you. Authority to love, that's it. They choose or not to. So it says, those are with does not chasten them. What son is there whom a father does not chasten? Verse 8. But if you are without chastening, if you are without chastening, of which all have become partakers, then you are illegitimate and not sons. Illegitimate. Don't nobody even claim you. There ain't going to be no record of your memory when you're illegitimate. You're already erased and don't know it. You already don't count, but don't know it. You already don't matter, but don't know it. There are so many people going to bust hell wide open that got all the money that we want right now, that all that stuff is going to go into that big old cave of nothingness with them. So first thing that we need to understand is that when you're without chastening, you're unharnessed. You're wild. You do whatever you want to do, and it don't matter. You're unknown, though. Nobody knows you. You don't know it. That don't nobody know you. You think you already, you think you all that, and that's cool right now. But, oh, them tables keep turning. Oh, them tables keep on turning. Just like a world on the axis, them tables keep on turning. And one day, it switches. And we become the blessed ones. 
And they become the ones that say, oh, man, what a mistake I didn't make. You belong to nobody. Your second offense is you're offensive to a person. You're offensive to people. You have no conscience when you're unchastened, when you're without chastening. Third, you are a punisher. You hate people. You like seeing people be down. And thirdly, fourthly, you love to see people be embarrassed. You get off on that. That does something for you to feel like you did something better than what they did, that you made a better decision for your life than they made for theirs. You get off on that. But the fact of the matter is, is that you're unharnessed. You're wild. But you're going to be nameless and forgotten soon. This ain't going to last like this always. You're not written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You're nameless. You're going to be forgotten. But those of us who are chastened, today, we're going to be remembered tomorrow. That's why Jesus walked the dusty streets of Palestine. That's why he gave hearing to the deaf. That's why he gave sight to the blind. So that those who would believe could believe. He was calling out to those that were unchastened. He was calling out to those that were wild. I'll give you some signs. I'll give you some things to show you that I am who I say I am. But they said, no, 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 that ain't quite enough. We need more. We want more from you. Show us some more signs. But Jesus kept on being Jesus. He dealt with the ridicule. He dealt with the apostasy. He dealt with all the stuff that came at him as a person. He dealt with all of the embarrassment that you and I are so afraid of. He dealt with everything that we go through right now. Said the Birds have nests and foxes have holes, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. But he didn't say it in embarrassment. He said it as a matter of fact because he knows who he is. So the fact of the matter that he knows you should let you know something about who you are. You have an existence that's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There's no reason to be upset. There's no reason to be embarrassed. There's only going through to get to. And that's why he did what he did. God is so good and so gracious to us. He loves us so much that he decided that, you know what? After all the embarrassment that I've suffered, I still am willing to die for them. He saw our faces, y'all. He saw us in 2016. He saw us. And so he decided to go onto the cross. He decided to have a crown of thorns pressed on his head. He decided to take the nails that we should have took in his hands, in our hands. He should have taken, we, we were supposed to take that. That's a real embarrassment. He took the ultimate embarrassment to be, to be killed on the cross. But he wasn't killed. He let it go himself. They thought they was killing him. But he said, no, 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 you ain't going to kill me. I'm going to let my life go because when I lay my life down, I'll pick it back up. And so as he laid it down on that Friday, he stayed all day down Saturday. He stayed down all night Saturday. But early on Sunday morning, he got up with all power of heaven and earth in his hands. And that's the reason why we should not be embarrassed. We got a promise, y'all. We're not just surviving. We living. We don't survive. We live. So as a result of us living, we need to be encouraged. But those of you who are not chastened, beware. 
You can be encouraged or you can be where? I know you got a good job. That's cool. I know you got a lot of money in your pocket. That's cool. I know you got a great career. That's cool. But when you lose your job, somebody else is going to get it. When you get done spending your money, somebody else is going to get what you had left over. When you get done driving your nice car, somebody else is going to drive it for you. You will be replaced. Everybody's expendable. But God remains forever. He is who we said he is. I want us to be encouraged while we go through what we go through. To know that God has already done everything that he needed to do for us on the cross. He suffered the true embarrassment. He suffered the true stripes. The stuff you're going through is just stuff that makes you feel like the people ain't going to see you the same way. Stop thinking about what we think about. Start thinking about what he think about. And in doing so, you'll be free. God will be able to use you in a real way. Your religion won't be religion. It'll be a relationship. It'll actually make sense to you for the first time. It won't be because you just go to church and, oh, yeah, you know, I showed up and I did my souls. I, I gave my tithes. I did. No, you'll be invested in the relationship like he's invested in you. You'll finally begin to see how blue the sky actually is, how green the grass really is. You'll begin to understand by and by why you've gone through what you've gone through. It'll finally make sense. And as you get ready to go through that narrow gate and you get ready to finally see him face to face. And he says, good and faithful servant, well done. You'll know that all the suffering that you went through on this side was worth it to be on that side. The thousand year reign alone is worth it. But to have eternity alone is going to be all that we need to know. And God has taken us through a narrow gate, y'all. Yeah, we ain't going to get everything. We don't need it no way. We don't need all that. We passing through. We passing through. We passing through. All that you get should be given to your children anyway. All that you get should be invested in the relationship that's chastened with your children. So that somebody else don't just come and take it from you. But it should be given somewhere so that God's work can continue to go on after you're done. What an awesome promise he's given us. What a relationship he's given us. He traded in true embarrassment for fake embarrassment. He traded in True stripes for fake stripes. Stuff that we think matters don't matter, y'all. It just don't matter. Only thing that matters is what we do with him. Everything else is fleeting and fading. And everybody else that's got words to say about you is just talking. Let them talk. You keep doing. Let the talkers talk. You keep being a doer. The talkers talk because that's what they do. They talk. They're Facebookers. That's all they do is talk. They watch and talk. And they talk and watch. And they watch and talk. And they talk and watch. But you keep being a doer. And while they're watching you do, let them talk. While they think they're making you look bad, they're actually lifting you up. And you don't even know it. Your haters actually push you up. They make you do what you're supposed to be looking like. Yeah, while, you, while they're hating, somebody's looking at them saying, why are you hating on them? They ain't going to say that to them, but they're going to think it in their head. And the fact of the matter is, is that somebody sees you differently because they see you still coming in love on them after they get done talking about you. 
Let the Facebookers be the Facebookers. Don't be no talker. Be a doer and let God use you. 